0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as personalized medical advice. Have you ever worked out, been injured, and then had to deal with tight muscles? How do you get past that so you can return to play? Dr. Jared Anderson, sports medicine physician with Skagit Regional Health, is here to tell us what we need to know about tight muscles. Welcome to Be Well with Skagit Regional Health, I'm your host, Maggie McKay. So nice to have you here today, Dr. Anderson. Thank you, Maggie. It's good to be here. First of all, can you tell us why do tight muscles even happen?
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on with the tight muscle. A muscle that's tight is usually a muscle that's trying to overwork or is covering for some other muscle that isn't quite working as efficiently as it should. Tight muscles happen as we work out, as we move, when our system, our muscle system isn't quite in balance. Often what happens is when there's a muscle imbalance, our muscles try to compensate or our body recompensates by recruiting other muscles to cover for that imbalance. The muscles that come in to cover for that compensation typically aren't as efficient and often tighten up in order to perform the task that they're trying to do. Many times we've heard somebody say, Boy, I have to stretch my hamstring out over and over every day. I have to stretch out my hamstring, and it never seems to get any better. I have to do it over and over. Why would this be? If the tight muscles would improve by stretching it, in a few days of stretching it should get better. But the problem is, usually the muscle that's tight is actually just a muscle that's overworking. At any time that we have a tight muscle without a specific injury, we should change our thinking from, you know, what's the best stretch for this tight muscle to where is that muscle imbalance that's making this muscle tighten? Or what muscle group is that set of muscles covering for?
0: Can tight muscles lead to injury? Can they cause injury? Oh, definitely. A tight
1: muscle is often a precursor saying, hey, I'm not working as efficiently as I should be. And so I'm trying to use a muscle to help stabilize or balance that Position It'd be like if the power goes out at your house and you have a generator, that tight muscle is like the generator trying to fill in the gap for when the power is out. But eventually that generator can run out of gas and then we're left with nothing to cover for it and that would lead a joint or a muscle to strain or tear or the muscle to twist and and we lose stability. And then you get a sprain of the joint or a fracture or something like that. So we want to make sure that those tight muscles, are kind of like the warning shots to tell us something isn't quite right in the system, and we need to try and address it as best we can. And how do you treat tight muscles? This is kind of maybe a part where I want to change how we think about tight muscles. Often we think of massaging it out or stretching it, and those can be good temporarily to relieve some of the stress on the muscle. If I have a muscle that's tight, I want us to think where is the muscle imbalance that's making that muscle tight? Or what muscle is that tight muscle covering for? You treat tight muscles by realigning the system so that each muscle only has to do what it's supposed to do. There's myofascial work or massage that can free up restrictions within muscle. There's stretching that temporarily relieves that tight muscle. But usually, that again, that tight muscle is usually the muscle doing the extra work, covering for a muscle that's not showing up. So the way to find or to treat a tight muscle is to find out where the system is imbalanced and try to correct
0: that imbalance. And so do you have to go to the doctor for that? Because how would we know?
1: So let me use the hamstrings as an example. If the hamstrings are tight, they're covering for a muscle that's not working. So... Typically, if we're looking at that or trying to figure out for ourselves what it is, often it'll be the muscle up front, which is opposite. So the hamstrings are in the back, then the quads might be up front and the quads might be extra tight or not working as well. If the hamstring is tight, we also need to look diagonally across the body, up into our core for that imbalance or compensation happening. It is really hard to tell on yourself Because your body is really good at finding somebody to cover the gap for you. So often we don't even notice that we're moving improperly without somebody watching us how we move. What I do as a sports medicine physician is I look for those muscle imbalances. I look for the compensations in what we call a functional movement assessment to be able to look from the neck down to the big toe and see which joint, which muscle group, which system isn't working how it's supposed to. If you're treating it for yourself, I guess there's a couple, there are a couple simple things or at least common things that happen because of the way our world is built. We spend a lot of time sitting in chairs, driving, typing at a computer, things like that. And so often the most common imbalances that I see are that the lumbar extensors or the muscles of the low back are really tight because we're not able to access our hips as much because they're spending so much time in chairs. So the lumbar extensors and the hamstrings try to make up for the hips that aren't able to be as active as we need them to be. So if I were to have somebody just set up a program or try to say, boy, I have tight muscles, where can I find that imbalance? One of the most common places to look is the lumbar extensors are very overactive or those low back muscles, that low back tightness. And also the core muscles up front aren't able to engage in a way that, that gives me access to the muscles of the back. So being able to activate the core without the low back muscles extending or turning on too tight as well is one of the best places to start for any type of pain, whether it's a knee problem, a knee tendinitis, a shoulder tendinitis or impingement or anything like that.
0: Are there any recommended foods or supplements to help ease tight muscles?
1: Well, the best food, and I'll say that in quotes, for tight muscles or sore muscles is usually water. Most of us don't drink a lot or enough, especially as we're active. So that's usually the the best thing to have. Ensuring you have electrolytes for the amount of activity or conditions is very important as well. If you get cramping, checking with your doctor for some blood work can be important, To help figure that out often we lose magnesium as we sweat and so sometimes if we get repetitive cramping like in the calves or something that can be a sign that maybe our magnesium is a little bit low and there are ways to try like taking an epsom salt bath is a way to have some of that magnesium absorbed directly into the muscles so that can be very beneficial one of the best things to feed a muscle is after working out, you have what's called a golden hour of time to replenish that muscle's energy. So within that first 30 minutes or hour of working out, you wanna replenish the muscles. Otherwise it can take up to 27 hours for those muscles to regain their, their strength, their activity. So making sure you get some protein and some carbohydrates right in, right after the workout is really important.
0: Wow. What if you're doing that intermittent fasting?
1: (laughs) Then you have to wait. Then you're out of luck, right? Well, yes. If you're doing that, I mean, there's lots of different conditions. If you're doing intermittent fasting, which can be helpful too, just know that those muscles that you worked out really hard will take longer to recover. You're not going to want to do multiple days of the same muscle group in a row.
0: Got it. Dr. Anderson, what are your top do's and don'ts to return to play when having tight muscles? You want to get back to it, whatever it is, football, tennis, swimming. Right. Yeah, so I've been practicing in the area for about 11
1: years, and I use these three points for almost everyone to get back to play from a musculoskeletal injury. These are my return requirements that I give to the athletes that I talk to. So number one, you want to be non-tender to touch. You want to feel like if you poke one side, you know, say you, again, you have your hamstring that's hurting. You want to be able to touch the hamstring on that side and compare to the other side and it needs to be non-tender to touch. You want to have full pain-free range of motion. So I need to be able to straighten and bend my knee the whole direction. Again, if I'm working at the hamstring, be able to move my hip in all directions without pain. And then number three, I need to have 90% strength compared to the opposite side or compared to expected. So being able to pull with the same force on that hamstring or the same number of repetitions on that hamstring would be important. So those three, once you have those three, non-tender to touch, full pain-free range of motion and 90% strength, usually we can find a way to protect or stabilize the joint or the muscle to get
0: you back to your sport. So when we do return to the sport or activity, how do we know how much we can do?
1: Good question. So if we're doing an activity, and I have pain during that activity that I can't correct or can't alleviate, then I need to stop and I need to go back to my rebalancing exercises to find where those muscle groups are having uh, an issue. So if I have pain during an activity that I can't correct, I stop that activity for then. If after I go for a run and I have pain the same day, Or later that day, like in my IT band or something, where it's not just a tight muscle, or not just a muscle that's worked out, but a muscle that is sore or painful. The next time I work out, I decrease that amount by 50%. If I don't have pain until the next morning after an activity, then I need to decrease by about 25%. So, using running as an example, if I'm running four miles and I have pain that I can't get rid of during that run, I need to stop. If I have pain that same day, two to three hours later, or later that evening, then I need to decrease by 50%. And if I have pain the next morning after an activity, I need to decrease by 25%. And then once I decrease to that level, I need to do two workouts at that same level before increasing back up
0: again. So ease back into it.
1: Ease back into it. And those those are the percentages that I use to try and help give a guidance so I can know, hey, when am I ready to increase again? Or if I was running four miles and I had pain during that run, I would have to stop. If I had pain later that day, I would go back and my next run would be at two miles. And if I had pain later the day of that two-mile run, then I'd have to decrease by another 50% down to one mile. But if I didn't have any pain at that one mile, then I could increase back up to about two miles after doing one-mile run at that for
0: two times. And what about things like ice or heat or Tiger Bomb or those salon paws, just as an example? Do, are
1: those effective? They're often effective for alleviating the pain of a muscle. So, again, our goal is to get the muscles to move well. Those areas where the muscles are tight, the way some of those work is ice decreases the blood flow to an area to decrease some of the swelling. And it can be really alleviating over a joint where there's a bursa or some swelling at that point. Typically heat is good for the muscles because it increases the blood flow to allow those muscles to flush, to allow those muscles to reactivate. And then those other topical, the icy hot or tiger balm or paws or things will help bring blood into the area. It acts like a hot, cold contrast bath, basically to allow those muscles to settle down. When we have pain, we have to do something to treat that muscle to, to, I'll say, baby that muscle a little bit because it's working so hard for us trying to make up for a deficit somewhere else. So we want to treat that muscle. But again, ultimately, I guess our goal is to say that muscle is tight because it is working for someone else or covering for someone else that's not showing up to their job.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to add in closing?
1: I want to change how we perceive a tight muscle and say, boy, this muscle is tight, it must be my problem. That muscle is tight because it's your biggest helper trying to cover for another muscle. So if we, instead of just stretching out that muscle, if we look downstream or upstream from that muscle and try and find a joint that doesn't move or a muscle group that's not working, then I think we'll get so we don't have to
0: work on those muscles anymore. This has been so educational and helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Maggie. Again, that's Dr. Jared Anderson. If you'd like to learn more, please visit SkagitRegionalHealth.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Maggie McKay. This is Be Well from Skagit Regional Health. Thanks for listening.